This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Galaxies we hear, Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Burkowski, here with Dr. Brianne Ruse, and I'm so excited to welcome Taylor Gonzalez to the pod. Um, Yeah. For our new listeners, this is a podcast about all things belonging, community, connections, collaboration, and holding space for what is possible. Over the life of this pod, we've explored research and scholarship on or related to belonging, shared stories, listened and engaged with diverse individuals about belonging during the pandemic, in their journey as parents, as leaders, as human beings who show up for all the things. This season, we are journeying into belonging in our relationships, including friends, spouses, coworkers, neighbors, all sorts of levels. So today we welcome Taylor, who is a holistic athletic coach and yoga teacher, and she is here to revolutionize the way women train as the leading expert in optimizing body-led cycle-based training for a powerful performance. She's committed to enhancing athleticism and supporting your holistic well-being. What this means is movement choices of moving and resting, and I believe in them, and she believes in the mind-body connection and dropping into our bodies, which allow for a more potent experience and powerful performance. And she says you can slow down to speed up. So Taylor, again, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and be in conversation with the two of you. Absolutely. So we love Taylor to start the pod. um, And I think this was even pre-pandemic. We love to start off just with a check-in. So we want to know how you are, how your family is, just how are you doing these days? Yeah. I always feel like that's such a loaded question. And so, so, you know, what's interesting is a lot of times when people ask like, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. So I like to be almost say like, what's alive for you today? Like what's alive Mm. in this moment? And so I'll say in this moment, like I'm feeling really well nourished and really well rested. I got a good night's sleep. I Mm. made sure I had an hour of lunch for myself today. And Mm. like, that didn't mean I was eating the whole time, but I went for a walk. So, <laughs> so, just, so what's alive for me right now is I'm feeling really well resourced. And so All I'm right. feeling, yeah. I yeah. like that. I just wrote down that question. What is alive for you? Cause I agree. I mean, I think we come from a very authentic space when we ask that question, but I know, I know the responses of I am fine. I get that. So yeah. I, I love that question. So good. I'm good. <laughs> so this is a pod about, as I said in the intro, it's about belonging. Um, and this year, this season, we've been really um just excited and amazed, I think, often 
around the language that different individuals use to describe this idea of belonging. Mm -hmm. And as I said before we hit the recording, given your expertise as a coach and a yoga teacher, and really my words, you really understand and want to understand better these body connections, these mind, body, spirit connections. And so with that frame, we are so interested in learning about how you understand this idea of belonging. Like, what does that mean to you? Oh, you know, it's, I think what it's meant to me has definitely evolved over the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, even specifically, mostly in the last year and belonging for me is also about acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. So like, where do you feel like you're accepted? How do you feel like you're accepted? Where do you feel like you belong? How, you know, and that goes evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in my past, I've always thought about it as like, do I belong here? Do I like being here? And in the last year and a half, what I've really been working on is like, belonging for myself, Mm. really this internal, the lights, instead of being external have really turned internal. And so I think there's been a long part where I felt too red for the blue team, too blue for the red team. I'm like, "Mm, which team am I on? (laughs) And I realized like, I'm making my own team. And (laughs) And so I think within that, like I have found like especially groups of women and men that are just like, they have long felt that kind of sensation too. And we kind of joke around in my, I have this Wednesday accountability call with my own coach. And I always share that, like, I feel like I'm at the cool kids table of misfits and like how (laughs) awesome that is. And so I think when I think about belonging, it's definitely evolved over the last few years. And I think of it as like, where can I fully be myself Mm. and really just own who I am? And where can I do that with most ease? Because I'm always myself, but where can I do it with the most ease and calm nervous system? Oh, these are the places where I want to belong. Not like, oh, do I belong here? It's like, oh no, I want to belong here because this is where I'm also with ease. Mm. Yeah. So you said the word acceptance. So can you, can you say more? I mean, you started to talking about being yeah. yourself and an ease. Can you say a little bit more to just give us some color yeah. on that? What does that mean? Acceptance? Yeah. I think there are a lot of parts about myself that I would just be like, oh, that's too weird. And I would like push it away mm. or hide it or be like, oh, that's, that's, that's something that needs to stay, stay down, be pushed away. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I wear my weirdness as a badge <laughs> and I accept it. And so within all that, I think inside all of us, we have an inner child, we have our, our current state, and then we have potentially, which for me, I'm in my maidenhood. And so, um, you know, as we move through the, the different archetypes and our wild woman and our crone and all of that, it's, can we make room for them too? Can we accept those parts of ourselves mm-hmm. and make room for them to be at the table so that they all belong? Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess going back to that inner child, like, accepting of my experiences and allowing her to be seen, mm-hmm. right? Because there are points or in conversations where she can be triggered. And so instead of me being like, Ooh, shh, shh, you know, you're quiet. Like we've, we've healed this part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now the conversation is like, oh, let me hold you. Let me accept this part of myself so that I can be seen because talking in public is scary. 
So instead of me like being like, oh, Taylor, it's not scary. You can do it. Now it's like, oh, dang, no, this is scary. Mm-hmm. This is scary. And, and you can do it. Yeah. I know so, that was kind of like a roundabout way. No, no, it's good. It's good. I need to do a, a we're going to have to come up with a name, Brianne, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I need to pause for a second because me, our listeners, including myself, need a, just a little definition of when you said maidenhood. <laughs> I, I don't know the same I d- thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that, that means. There's, I think for me and our audience, there's incredible application because what I glommed onto was parts of ourself. So like, mm-hmm. regardless of your language, I can, I can resonate with parts of yourself, but just so we have a fix on yeah. that word, can you just unpack yeah. that a little bit? For sure. So we are in consistent rhythms or cycles. So if we want to look at it super expansively over the course of our life, mm-hmm. in if we're going to divide it into four different sections, so from birth till about maybe about motherhood, however you want to define motherhood, mm-hmm. you're in your maidenhood. Mm-hmm. Once you start to step into that queendom, that's your queen when you become a mother. Again, how we just we choose to define mother. Mm-hmm. That next aspect of your life, which if we're going to go along uh, specific parts of the inner cycle for women, uh, we are talking about, about postmenopausal. This is your wild woman stage. Mm-hmm. And then once you are in about your 70s-ish, again, if we're going to add an age to it instead of energy, mm-hmm. that's when you become your crone or that wild woman. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, wise woman. Wise. Oh, wise. Okay. Yeah. So that's like the most expansive cycle. Got it. Cycles are repeated throughout the year. Mm -hmm. They're connected with the outer seasons Mm -hmm. and then even more cyclically within our bodies on Mm -hmm. a 26 to 52 day cycle. (laughs) Oh, that's so much. Thank you for that. That's that's super helpful. That's super helpful. Definitely. I just love this idea of, I wrote down making room at the table because yeah. I feel like there's an internal application and an external application, right? Because we're, we need to be talking about making room for ourselves and our parts and also, you know, maybe building a new table so it's big enough for everybody, yeah. right? So I, I appreciated that sort of imagery. Um, I don't know, Brianne, you're awfully quiet. What are you, what are you thinking over there? I imagine the- <laughs> Oh, well, the, you know how it takes me a lot of process. So I I'm know. Like, the wheels are turning. down, <laughs> thinking, um, <clears throat> I'm thinking about how, you know, um, this is sort of aligned with some other things we've talked about, but obviously in a totally different language and um, mm-hmm. kind of a different frame yeah. of, of belonging to self and belonging to others, which leads me to think about relationships. And Taylor, this is the first time we've met. So I really don't know too much about your work or the relationships that you find yourself in, but I'm curious and we're curious about, oh, I really want to know more about that ease. So when you talk about the ease of relationships where you feel belonging, um, what is that about? Like, how does that, how do you know when you have that ease? How does that feel? Mm. Um, can you just yeah. tell us a little bit more about that? So for me, I'm body first always, right? So what are the sensations that are coming up in the body when I'm interacting with you? So if I scope down, are, are my shoulders relaxed? Is my chest tight? Or is it, am I able to sit back with ease? Or do you automatically what I call turtle when you kind of like come into your shell, your knees clam up, your armpits get sweaty and you <laughs> become a turtle, right? Yeah. Turtle. Um, mm. So when I'm in conversation with you, what are the subtle body cues that when I close my eyes, I can tune into what's happening? Does a lump happen in my throat? Does my chest constrict? Or when we're interacting, do I feel a little bit looser? 
Do I feel more comfortable in my own body? And so I think our bodies are consistently talking to us. And that's one of the ways it can communicate is by just sensations in the body that are coming up. Mm -hmm. So with ease, when I'm in communication with people, when I'm in relationship, I think there's a lot of ways to say it, but I'll go with, there's a vibe you feel when you click with someone, Mm -hmm. there's a vibe. And so when I'm in relationship with you, whether it's through friendship, whether it's through workshop, colleagueship, gym buddyship, my own personal relationship, I think there's sometimes a vibe, uh, an energy that sometimes is hard to like detail and be like, oh, it it feels very X, you know, whatever that energy or vibe is. But I think when I come to the body, those are such... um, it's such a beautiful communication that our body gives us that sometimes our brain is like not wanting to listen to it. <laughs> you know, we're forcing ourselves to either shrink or become a triangle because we want to be a triangle when we've been living life as a square, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I think that makes sense. I remember, <coughs> excuse me, being younger and feeling like, Ooh, I have that vibe that you're talking about connecting with someone from a physical standpoint. And then I would think, Ooh, but she's not like, cool. You know, this isn't who I would (laughs) like. My brain is saying, that's not who you want to be hanging out with. That's not who you want to be connecting with. I can remember this in college. Yeah, I'd be talking with people who were like nerdy or whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, totally. Like I get it. I feel at ease, all the things you're describing. So that's like the somatic piece, right? And then the head comes in and it's like, "Mm -mm, that's not, (laughs) you know, aligned with such and such. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that distinction. I think the way you said it kind of clicked. How critical is that sense of belonging? Because we haven't really used the word belonging too much, but that ease or that authenticity, that acceptance, how critical is that to relationships? Incredibly, right? Like you want to go where you feel, well, in general, you would want to go where you feel celebrated, that you're a part of something that, um, that when you're in conversation with someone else or with a group of people that you're being celebrated when you know, I taught second grade for many years in Baltimore. And right before my first year teaching, I heard Representative Cummings speak, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said that stuck with me, this was in 2012. He said, if you want to show growth with your students, celebrate them. If you actually want to drive educational achievement and outcomes, make sure that they feel like they belong in your classrooms. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has always stuck with me because people want to be where they belong, mm. point blank, mm. whether it's at a gym, in a group of friends, at a party, at a school, whatever it is. Yes, there's that general interest there, right? That you're going to have. But why is it that we have so many of this, is my expertise? Why is it that we have so many gems, right? Like you have, and I won't, I won't say names, but like you have all these different types of studios and gyms, okay. you have all these different options, but what is really pulling people in where they feel celebrated, mm-hmm. where they're able to build community, even the quiet ones, which ironically is me at the gym. So like I end up choosing to go where I feel like I belong versus walking into the other one down the street, which might be more cost affordable, mm-hmm. but I feel uncomfortable there. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. Brianne, that reminds me of when we were- Lisa Cerise. What? Were you going to say Lisa Cerise? No, I wasn't. What were you going to say? Oh, I thought we were on the same page. Oh, (laughs) no. I was was thinking of um, the idea of celebrating. So Brianne and I really started working together when we started Mm -hmm. doing 
um, a whole onboarding program for online doctoral students, Taylor. And one thing that became a ritual and a routine and important practice for us was the doctoral journey can be very, very long. And we celebrated the littlest thing, making it through your first semester, turning in your first assignment, making it to September for whatever it was, we would pause and be like, it gives me chills right now. Cause I remember the students being so happy to do that, right. To celebrate. Um, and so I love, I love that resonance. Brianne, you're, you've got me like on the edge of my seat now. Now you have to say what you were thinking about. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as Taylor was talking about the gym and which gym you mm. choose and feeling like you belong and you connect, I was thinking about Taylor. We had a guest um, who was in our same doctoral program and she worked at the Y in Texas and she's a fitness instructor. And she did a whole intervention around kind of the neurology of exercise and things like that. And a big piece of her work happened remotely during COVID. So she was doing um, virtual classes and she talked so much about prioritizing belonging, really, like helping people to make feel comfortable with the technology. Because a lot of her um, clients, is that yeah. the right word? Yeah. Participants? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were older. And so we're navigating Zoom for the first time. And so that was a, a, a hurdle. And she just was so desperate to make them feel like, yes, you belong. Yes, you're here. And you made it. And like, yeah. you figured out the shot. <laughs> and like celebrating, yeah. you know, all the things. And then they kept coming back and they were coming back for the physical and probably just as much, if not more for that yeah. connection, you know? So it just brought me back to that conversation. Yeah, it's true. And there's two quick things I want to say on that. Yeah. Like, I constantly tell my athletes, like micro moments, macro shifts. We celebrate the mm. little, might be little, mm. which isn't so little, but we celebrate that, right? And it's like the image of that ladder, like stepping up the little steps of the ladder versus this like ginormous step. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing, like, yeah, as a yoga teacher, when someone's like, oh, well, I can't touch my toes, so I can't come to your class. I'm like, ooh, okay. One, we build flexibility, stability, range of mo. Like there's so much here. Yeah. And That's why I love teaching a restorative yoga class because of the usage of props. It's not about changing your body to fit the posture. It's changing the posture to fit your body. And Mm -hmm. so when you completely switch that around, you can create a sequence or a yoga class or whatever it is for anybody and everybody. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. Oh my goodness. So many questions. I love that mac, the micro to the macro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, some of the work that Brand and I do, we focus so much on thinking about those in between moments, right? It's not the the endpoints, the next milestone. We spend most of our lives in the middle, in the in between, yeah. right? And so we need to celebrate those middle times. So I love that you yeah. brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so we're talking about relationships. You've established very compellingly that it, it matters and is critical to relationships. And you've talked briefly about sort of what I would, my word would be sort of like a, a signal or a marker and talking like being checked into your body around sort of how this relationship is. And so what I'm, what came up for me when I was listening to you, this, you said this ease, mm-hmm. what I wonder about is, and Brian, you and I have talked about this relationships in my humble opinion, high quality, good relationships are often hard. Yeah. You have friction, you have disagreement. And what makes them a high quality relationship is you can stay in it. And so can you like help me reconcile the feelings of ease 
of yeah. being in, in a good relationship of belonging and those moments of hard and like, how is that still okay? A good place to be. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just trying to reconcile those pieces. So one of the things that I love about my training, um, is that in some ways the yoga on the mat, the running on the road is all really for yoga off the mat for running off the road. (laughs) Well, maybe not off the road, but I I think where I'm going with this. Um, and running isn't easy Mm -hmm. running a marathon is not easy. Let's point blank. That is hard. It is challenging. Can it be done with ease? Yeah. Can you train with ease for the hard thing? A hundred percent. Because just because something is hard doesn't mean it has to be challenging. It can be done with ease. So I think mm. when I'm in relationship and um, I guess I'll get a little personal. We had a little bit of a tiff this last weekend. And <laughs> that doesn't mean that it wasn't a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. But I was like, are we well resourced right now to have this conversation with ease? Because we know this is going to be a hard conversation. Mm. Do we have our water? Do we feel mentally okay to have this? What, if not, what do we need right now so that we feel well resourced to engage in this hard conversation so that it can be done with ease? Stuff is going to be hard. Why do we need to make it harder? (laughs) I think, well, I can answer my own question. I think a lot of the times when our nervous system is frazzled and that's when we're used to, even if that's hard, it's what we're comfortable in. Mm. Uh, But where can we create ease in that? Oh my gosh, I'm like... I've like, I, I know to, I need like, to like mm. sit with this. So I wrote, I, wrote, I wrote down what I wrote down was this ease of discomfort. Yeah. So my, so my follow-up because our audience really likes when we sometimes get like, get to brass tacks with examples so they can get their head around oh. it. So can you, since you mentioned running and then that mm-hmm. resonates with, I think Brianna and myself, um, when you think about doing a challenging run with ease, what does that look like? I love this question. <laughs> so I'll have to back good, up because I need an answer. So good. <laughs> so if I go off of what I do, and so what I do is I plan all my runs along my own menstrual cycle. Um, I've also used the moon cycle in the past and without going into the nitty gritty, they both have their, uh, their stuff that you can do with it. Mm -hmm. With that said, your menstrual cycle has four phases. You have your follicular, your ovulation, your luteal, and then your bleed or your period. Mm -hmm. There are certain parts of each phase where you are more, I don't want to, I don't know what the word is here, uh, where things can become more with ease. So with that, it means when you're in your follicular ovulation, doing a power workout, doing sprint runs, doing your PR, whatever that might be, or having a race fall during that time is literally prime, but like, you'll be able to hit your paces with a lot more ease than when you're in your deep luteal or about to get your bleed. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, when do you want to do your sprints when you're during this time? So where that correlates with the moon is the new moon and or a full moon. And so that's when you're the most primed to be able to hit your speeds with ease. So if you're training on a treadmill, so for, I'm not, I'm actually clear to run tomorrow. So I'll be back. I'll be back to running tomorrow, but even as I'm walking right now, I was able to hit 4.0 off a 15 incline yesterday on the tread. No problem. 
about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, hitting a 3.5 felt like drudgery because that's where it was a little bit, it would, my body wasn't necessarily primed to do, be doing these power sprints and these power workouts. Mm-hmm. But now that I zoom back in, when I'm yeah. going for a run, if you think of the outer seasons, it's a lot easier to run in the spring and the summer than it is in the fall and the winter. Mm-hmm. Why? Because outside it's nicer out. It's warmer out. The lights are more external. They're ready to go. They're ready to do the thing. And then in fall, the lights become more inter, inner. And then you're in winter and you kind of want to like cozy up even here in South Florida, you know, things start to slow down a little bit. Um, And so with ease, like I'm not going to schedule my power runs during that time of the month. Mm -hmm. I'm why it's going to feel awful. It's not going to feel good. I'm going to do my strength training. Then I'm going to do my slower yoga practice Mm -hmm. because I know in about two more weeks, I'm going to be ready to go and be hitting my top speeds. Now, That doesn't mean you can't PR or run a race depending on where you are because you still can. Your rest then looks different. It's all about creating the ease so that you don't have to do it hard. It doesn't have to be be good. I know that was kind of- (laughs) No, it's, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm processing. It's it's a lot of processing, right? Like thinking about, I mean, the thing that came up for me without getting on a soapbox is I, I just wish- I had known that and women, right, had known that earlier because I think I can only speak for myself, so I'll just speak for me. Yeah. You, I spend so much time beating myself up because I two weeks ago I ran awesomely and today I didn't. And it's like, what the hell, right? Like <laughs> you have those moments of self-doubt. And so it's just interesting. Once again, it goes back to that sort of mind-body connection and really being in touch. Yeah. As, that's how you started us out. So, Yeah. And that's the whole thing is when you look at other training plans out there, cause we're all runners, we're runners here on mm-hmm. the call. They're all the exact same copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. <laughs> yeah. That's made a lot for men's physiology. Mm. Their hormones are on a 24 hour cycle. We're not point blank, whether you get a bleed or not. And so it makes sense to differentiate how we approach our running, mm. how we approach our fitness how we approach our exercise and movement because we're set up differently. So of course it needs to be different and that doesn't make it. In fact, I think it's actually better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. yeah. No, it's good. I mean, it goes back to Brianne's like Brianne, you were talking about when you were in college, you sort of had a sense that this was a person that you had a vibe with, but your brain was telling you something else. I think again, for me, like I, when you said like the fall into winter, I definitely have a sense of like, I kind of want to be cozy and do other yeah. things, but then my brain is like, but you need to run, right? Like, <laughs> We're the only mammals that don't rest in the winter time. Yeah. We're the only ones that have the same like expectations to produce as if it's summer. And yeah. I think that's wild. <laughs> like, it's- <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I'm so excited about is that we start to officially transition into spring in just a few days mm. and I'll be able to start picking up running starting tomorrow. Yeah. And in some ways, Carrie, I'll be couched to full marathon in October. And yeah. everyone thinks that's absolutely crazy. And I'm like, no, I took winter off because that was, well, I had shoulder surgery, but like, that is the time <laughs> to That is the time to like chill out because yeah. I know my slowdown will speed up. Mm. So yeah. this is off script, but I'm curious because I'm, 
at a university right now as we talk <clears throat> and I teach a lot of athletes and I was an athlete myself. So how does th this make sense to me one-on-one? -on -one. Yeah. How does this work in terms of a team? So if you have a team of runners or rowers or field hockey players or whatever, right. um, how does it, how do you transfer this or yeah, you know what I mean? Like, how does this work from a group standpoint? Yeah. So I think it's all conversation. So that's number one. Like, I don't think anything is ever, my coach called me out on this. Actually, I got to give her credit. I said something, I was like, well, like my cycle is in conflict with the outer season. She was like, hold on, pause a bit. Are they in conflict or conversation? I was like, Ooh, that's a mic drop moment. <laughs> so I think in general, it's all in conversation. And it really is in some ways, just getting to know everyone's where they're at. And so like, if you're going to treat it as a group, that's such a great question, but I think it's almost like, okay, if one person's in this part of their body and another person's in this part, great. Where can we leverage that actually? Because we know that they're being boosted here in their, uh, I'm, I am making the assumption. These are female athletes. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Female athletes. If we know someone's in their ovulation and someone's in their deep bleed one, give that person rest, allow them to take the first two to three days off full rest, but using that person that's in ovulation, they can probably have a little bit more power without trying that much harder because they're simply prone, not prone. Uh, they're primed to be able to do that. Um, mm -hmm in terms of rowing, I'm going off of the rower. I've never crew rowed. <laughs> I'm thinking of like the water machine um, mm -hmm. and the crew rows that I do at my gym in that sense. But that's such a good question in terms of the team. I think it's just more, more data to know, right? Like when people are like, when's your birthday? What's your Zodiac sign? Right. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just more data. Um, Dang, that's a really good question. I got to think on that actually a little bit more, <laughs> more to it. And I'm yeah. an processor. So I'm like processing as I'm sharing and I'm like, wait, I want to actually dig in and feel this a little bit more. And yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it, I think it is an interesting question, Brianna. And I was thinking as Taylor was articulating, I think part of the challenge of addressing and being in conversation with something like this cycle is we don't have systems in place that would honor or value that because like, if I, I can't speak for you, Brianna, as a college athlete, I can only speak to my own. And I think about like NFL athletes. So like when they have a Thursday night game or a Sunday game and they're a, a, a quarterback, not a linebacker or a, they personalize the preparation according to those different variables. And so I just, it just makes me wonder like, why couldn't, you know, those cycles also be factored into like a, per, you know, like a, a personalized sort of approach. I, I think there are challenges that you'd have to think through, right? Cause I'm thinking about like the camaraderie that comes with running as a team and, and right. doing the thing as a team and being in the, the grit and the dirt and the discomfort of that thing as a team, right. That you would just have to figure out. But, um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. So I mean, at minimum, I feel like <clears throat> it can be information. Like Carrie, you just said you were beating yourself up because you didn't understand why you were able to PR in one day versus another. So, I mean, that, I think that knowledge is super important. I was never given that knowledge. I was coached by men primarily. Yeah. Um, right. Mm. So, well, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no I, I was just thinking 
then the practical sort of application piece is where I get a little tripped up. Like, yeah. okay, two days of rest. Well, that doesn't work because there are eight people in the boat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they can't go unless all eight are there. <laughs> so I don't know. This is, it's more nitty gritty than, than no, we need to get. I was just kind of thinking but it's, about. But yeah. it's interesting and important because like if you can't, you have to figure out practical applications. Otherwise the theory behind yeah. it isn't as as valuable, right? On a day to day. So it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. And it's even just thinking through like, okay, great. They're not going to take off. What other things can come off their plate so that they can have that mm. additional rest mm -hmm. so that they can show up for themselves in that capacity? Because you can run a race at any point. Granted, like when it's synced up for me, when it's like during my ovulation, I'm like, yes, you know, like this is perfect. <laughs> but I ran the Baltimore half, shaved over 11 minutes off my timing, and I was in my luteal phase. And I was like deep in it. And so like, it's possible. I just knew that based on where I was, I had to build in additional, let's say, um, storage rest because mm -hmm. I'm exerting that much more of my energy come race day. Yeah. And so it's not that you can't necessarily do it. It's just more data to know like, Will mm -hmm. I require more rest for the exertion or expelling of energy to be able to do the thing? Mm. Yeah. Which brings me back to something you said, you know, when we asked how you are and you said, well, resourced. And I was like, well, no one's ever answered that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but then when you said, you know, sleep and food and water and rest, I'm like, God, that sounds awesome. I'm so tired. And this is like just about empty. I'm like, if I have a coughing fit, I have like one more sip. Um, so I don't know, it all, it all is connecting for me. So I think this, I'm learning a lot. Yeah, no, I love, I love that response. Well-resourced it's made, yeah. it, it's going to make me think more about, cause I, yeah, we don't, again, I feel like that answer Taylor mm -hmm. is like emblematic of who I think, at least I will say how you present in the world, which is I'm well-resourced. I'm connected to my bot. Like to be able to say I'm well-resourced means you're, you're paying attention to what your body needs. Right. So it yeah, makes sense to me. Yes. Now that we know you a little better that of course she would answer in that way. Right. Cause, cause she's very connected. You're very connected to your body. So, um, yeah. So it's going to make me think about, am I well-resourced today? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's one of the things, you know, when we think about Maslow's hierarchy, right. Food, shelter, water in the grand scheme of things, I know where all those are coming from, but in my day to day, do I know do I know when I'll have my breakfast? Do I know when I'll have my lunch? Do I know when I'll have my dinner? Yeah. Do I know when I'll be able to go to sleep or get home? And if anything is in conversation with that, that might deter when that will happen, <clears throat> yeah. that already sends the nervous system into like eh, this, yeah. like this, like nervousness. Um, yeah. I think we talk a lot when it comes to that specifically, we talk about it in the grand scheme of things. I think it's also really important to bring it into the day to day Yeah, because it's not just in the grand scheme. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I um, would love to ask you for folks who aren't as familiar with this sort of lens and the expertise that you bring. Mm -hmm. If someone listening, including me, um, <laughs> wanted to practice a small habit or routine to start mm -hmm. to build that relationship with the body. Could you yeah. give like a, a, like a simple or a, a strategy that you could recommend that someone could just add to their daily practice or, you know, every, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I actually just talked about this yesterday. 
and I promise I'll answer your question, Carrie. Yeah, it's fine. So that, you know, you see all these, the verbiage in the algorithm is if you do the thing, mm. then your body will be sexy. Then your body will be hot, whatever it is. You'll be qualified to run. I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you love it. What if we flipped it? I love my body. It's already gorgeous. I'm going to do the thing so I can empower it. And so that's creating a whole mindset. It's creating a whole new pathway in our brain, a whole new like synapse there. Mm -hmm. And so where can we show love and gratitude with ourselves? Utilizing the five senses. So when you're looking in the mirror, what do you tell yourself? When you are eating, what's the message you're sending when you're eating? Food is fuel. You don't need to earn or deserve your food. What, how are you clothing yourself? Are you putting yourself in clothing that you love, that you feel comfortable in, that feels soft to touch or, you know, whatever you mm -hmm. love to touch? Are you listening to music you love to listen to? And if not, put on music you love to listen to. And so I think enticing the body with the five senses and falling in deep love with her and knowing that everything is happening for you, not to you, including injury. I think that's a lot of times when our we feel like we've been betrayed by our bodies. Hmm. And so um, one simple tool, wake up every morning, look at yourself into the mirror. And even if you are, what I said at first, I was like, well, I'm flat out lying, but <laughs> <laughs> I looked in my mirror and I was like, I love you skin. I love you nose. I love you knees. And I would literally, I literally go through my body and touch it and hug her and feel her and make sure I feed her well, that I move her body's love to move. But really just looking in the mirror every morning and being like, I love you, babe, I got you. I'm totally talking to myself and I say it out loud. At first, my partner was like, what are you doing? Who are you talking <laughs> to? <laughs> my myself, the queen. Um, <laughs> and so I think it really starts with something as quote unquote simple Mm -hmm. Even though it's not simple, it's not. As that, it's not. It's, it's hard. Revolutionary. It's yeah. Simple it's, things are not. Simple things are never uh, easy. I have to say. No. <laughs> yeah. It's, no. Sort of, it's sort of the same tone of ease of discomfort, right? Simple is not easy. Simple is hard. So. And yeah. like hard doesn't have to be challenging. Like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a really interesting play on words. So well, I'm gonna try the mirror thing. Um, I will be terrible at it because that would that's gonna be very hard for me. Um, well, but I will try. But I will try. Hold on, hold on, Carrie. <laughs> it, I will try it. I give myself the grace for this to be hard at first. Mm, okay. <laughs> 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 that's a yoga teacher in me the yoga teacher. I will try <laughs> oh my gosh this is 100% why I as soon as we finished talking Taylor the last time I emailed Brienne and she can attest to this I was like mm -hmm. we have to have Taylor on the podcast <laughs> I will be nervous and uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone and we have to have her on um, oh. and you did not disappoint you um Gave me so much to think about. I know Brianne's wheels are turning. I can't wait to hear because um, I know Brianne's a processor. So I'll, I'll look forward to that. Um, and I just want to say um, tremendous gratitude uh, to you, Taylor, for sharing and being so honest. And Brianne, as always, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the pod. And everybody, do the thing. Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that 
you've got yourself today. So give it a try. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Tell Me This. Uh, Be well. Take care. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.